Welcome to the first episode of the MLS Junkie Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I will be talking about the MLS in its entirety, stories, players, clubs. And after the MLS is over, I will be talking about the NCAA Division I soccer programs all the way up until the Super Draft. And then, obviously, the MLS starts up again. So for the first episode, I thought it would be a good idea to go through the East and West teams of the MLS and talk about where I see them finishing and what signings they've made. So to start off, we have Atlanta, a brand new team, along with Minnesota, but they're in the West. We'll get there. So Atlanta brought in three notable players, Brad Guzan, Kenwin Jones, Chris McCann. These players are very good players for a start of a team. They're experienced, they're talented, and Guzan and McCann have leadership qualities that I think is necessary for Atlanta. Being a brand new club, having virtually no identity, I think that it's a fantastic idea to bring in these players. And I'm actually really surprised that they were able to get these players. I would imagine that these players are their designated players. I think so. Anyway, Brad Guzan might be... No, no, he wouldn't be homegrown. No. So, yeah, probably all three on a designated player contract. They also brought in Mark Bloom from TFC, who is from Atlanta, and I think is a good idea because he has a he has like a year or two of playing MLS. And, I mean, he played with TFC, and TFC was a very good team, and he's played with all that talent, and now he gets to go to Atlanta and probably start as a defender i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start but he gets to teach the people that were taken out of the draft about what to expect out of the mls the physicality the technical how fast you need to play etc etc after atlanta we go to chicago oh boy oh boy chicago what a disaster finished 10th last year and I'll be honest with you, straight out the gate, I don't think this one's going to get any better. The only notable person that they brought in was Juninho, and I don't think that's going to save them from 10th place. Um, I can't see them moving out of that spot. I think that there's way too much talent in the East right now. And unless they decide to overhaul their team and focus on keep getting key players, then I then there's no way. There's no way. I can't see, I can't see them getting out of 10th. There's absolutely no way. The guys above them, Columbus, last year, finished ninth. I can see them doing better this year. On paper, they're a good team, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Now I think they could finish in the top half this year. Maybe right, maybe top bottom half, like just out of that playoff spot. But I'm, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that they're going to do well this year. They've always had good players in, well. I mean, they had Kai Kamara, but everybody knows what happened last year. He got kicked out, was given to the New England Revs. So, right now they have Eguayin, who's a very, very good player. And I think that they need to build around him, get him another good striker. I don't think... I don't think what they're doing right now is the greatest in terms of... In terms of getting players in, they need to really, really go out and get a player that is going to help Iguain either in the middle, so a holding midfielder that wins balls, or someone who could put them in the back of the net. 
So, I mean, like, we'll see what happens there. But I, I think that they're going to do better than ninth. But I don't think that they're going to be going for third, second, or first anytime soon. DC United. DC is an interesting one because DC is a team that no one talks about. And yet somehow they managed to finish in fourth. And they've acquired Ian Harks on a homegrown player contract. He was the captain of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Did very well. Went to the national final in the NCAA. Uh, He was excellent all year. Very happy that he went to DC United. I think he's a fantastic holding midfield player. His parents, uh, both athletes, his dad played for the U.S. men's national team and professionally, I believe, abroad in Cardiff, I want to say. I don't know, somewhere somewhere over there. Um, so he has, he pretty much has this coursing through his veins. So he should be fine going into D.C. I think he knows what to expect. I think DC was eyeing him for a long time, to be fair. And, I mean, that's fine. It's unfortunate that he didn't go in the draft because I think he could have gone to a team that, like, needed him more, I guess. Such as maybe Orlando or or even Columbus. Columbus, um, L.A. could have done with a good holy midfielder. But DC is fine, too. I think DC... I think D.C. will be a very good Eastern Conference team this year. They finished fourth last year. They've made no they've made no radical changes to their roster. So it's pretty much the same roster from last year. They brought in some decent players. Nobody notable. And I think if Ian Harks does what I think he's going to do and really solidifies that holy midfield role, I or, or an eight, a box-to-box midfield role, I think that it could be very interesting. For DC, I think they can contend for top three. I can't say that about the next team, though. Montreal. Montreal, I think it's going to be more of the same from Montreal. The only reason I'm saying that is because that's the way that they are right now with their transfers. Their offseason right now has consisted of re-signing players that they already have uh, to permanent contracts and also maybe a few loans here or there, but no one notable as of yet, so I can only see them doing what they did last year, and I mean, like, they went to the semifinals, the Eastern semifinals last year, so that was fine, but they did finish fifth in the regular season, and I would imagine that they would want to finish a little bit higher in the standings, but I think it's going to be more the same from Montreal. Oh, the New England Revs. The New England Revs are... The New England Revs are a team that surprises me. I can't believe that they finished 7th last year. I thought that they would be better, to tell you the truth. They did very poorly um, away from home, which was shocking. Um, You don't expect anybody to go out and win every game away from home, but they had a a really, really bad record at home. And I... Sorry, away from home. And... um, They've made they've made signings that you can argue are good, but I don't think it will be enough. I think it will be enough to get a bottom spot in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be enough to challenge for the top end of the East because I think there's too much talent right now in the top end of the East. For a long time, it was all about, oh, the, 
Dallas and Seattle and the West Coast teams, L.A., but I think all the power is going into the East. We'll see what happens this year, but I think it's going to be more of the same. I think it's going to be an Eastern-dominated um, MLS this year, but we'll see what happens. So I think the New England Revs push for a bottom spot in the playoffs, whereas New York City FC, I think that they do well, as they have done so in the draft. They've picked up Kwame, a Canadian, 16th overall in the first round of the draft. He's 5'7", 160 pounds, bigger boy, left-footed midfielder, very, very good, very agile, very quick, and has a very, very big knack for goal. I think that he is an excellent, an excellent choice out of the draft. I think that he is going to either be a substitute for Jack Harrison, or he will play on the opposite wing of Jack Harrison. I think Jack Harrison is better than Kwame just because Jack Harrison is smarter with the ball at his feet. However, Kwame as an athlete destroys Jack Harrison. Not saying that Jack Harrison is slow or anything like that, but Kwame is very fast, very agile, and relies on his pace to to get around players, whereas Jack requires his technical ability, and his very good awareness to get around players, which, I mean, both are great quality players. I just don't know. I don't know enough right now to see if one will be starting and one will be on the bench, or if both will be starting. So we'll see what happens. But I know that Jack Harrison is being looked at right now as a big player for the New York City future. Going five feet in a direction and going to the New York Red Bulls uh, across town. I can't believe New York Red Bulls got first last year, to be completely honest with you. Like, they did all right in the regular season, but I didn't think it was crazy. But then again, they do have Phillips, don't they? And he's an absolute machine. So, I mean, fair enough. They've pulled in a few players from abroad. Nobody crazy. Just a few players from abroad. I think it's to solidify what they already have. Um, they want to make sure that they have enough service going into the big man up top, Phillips, which I completely understand. I think that if Phillips stays on his game, I think that they could be looking at another top three position. Same thing with New York City. I think that they'll be battling for either second or third or first and second again, as much as I hate to admit it. So, I think yeah, I think that they will definitely be in those spots. Orlando, on the other hand, Orlando's made some decent se- decent off-season, excuse me, purchases. I think that they've brought in some good talent. Uh one notable name being Will Johnson. I think Will Johnson coming from TFC will give a very very good midfield anchor when playing. I think that he's very, very solid as a number eight. Very good box-to-box. Defends very well. And he's no bullshit on attacking. That guy can really put a ball into the back of a net. He's got a lot of power behind his shot. Um, not really not really a finesse-type player. He's raw power. He's a very good ball winner. 
and I think that he can help Orlando City out as long as they feed the machine Kyle Lahren up top. So I think that they will be better than eighth, definitely. I I think that, I mean, I can see them being better than New England this year, but we'll see what happens. I know. I'm going to say that they are definitely going to be better than New England this year. New England's going to finish underneath them, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think that they definitely are. We'll see what happens. Um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is interesting. Philadelphia finished sixth. I think Philadelphia will have a very good year. They brought in some great players uh, through the draft and not through the draft. Through the draft, they've brought in um, Adam Najim, who went to Akron. He's played 89 games for Akron, scored 33 goals with 29 assists, which is pretty damn impressive. Uh, they also signed Chris Nanko, five foot six forward from Canada, 145 pounds. Chris Nanko is an unbelievable athlete. I think he needs to work on. His mental awareness, sometimes he dribbles when he shouldn't dribble, sometimes he passes when he shouldn't pass, sometimes he doesn't shoot when he should shoot, and sometimes he shoots when he shouldn't. Um, Just stuff like that. I think that if he gets past that, I think that he could be a very good substitute winger, like someone that they put on the 70th and 80th minute when teams are, you know, they don't have those fresh legs, and he can just run at them, push the ball down the line, and cross it. And I think if he gets that in his game, I think that would be absolutely key for him and he could be key for Philadelphia going forward I think that both him and Najim have very good very very good prospects going forward I, I, I think that they are they could be a source to Philadelphia going high in the Eastern Conference but we'll see what happens I would like to say that everybody finishes better than they did but obviously that's impossible so I think the guys that will feel the brunt of it will be Orlando, New England, Columbus? No, no, I'm a dirty liar, not Columbus, Chicago. Chicago, and unfortunately I'm going to have to say Atlanta's going to finish down there because I I think that they're going to do better than everybody thinks, but I don't think it's going to be drastically better. Like, they're not going to finish third, but I don't think they're going to finish tenth. So, um, And lastly, Toronto FC. All right. Being a Toronto FC fan, I don't know whether or not I should be happy or upset from what happens right now. I, For me, they haven't done enough so far. All they've done is just get players on permanent contracts and extend previous players' contracts, which I mean, like, is all right. But realistically, we've got one defender, Chris Mavinga, who's good, I guess? I don't know. I haven't seen any footage of the guy. I don't even know who the hell the guy is. I hope that he's alright. I hope that he's better than fucking Haglund because Haglund is awful. Oh my god. Haglund is awful. He he choked. Uh, no, I take that back. I, I didn't mean choke. But he played very shaky in that final against Seattle last year. And I it pissed me off because people were like, oh, yeah, Haglund. Like, they were so behind this kid. And you know what? He could be a good kid, but I don't think he's a good player. Uh, I think that he's a very, very shaky defender. And I think that Chris Mavinga is going to replace him. I think it's going to be Chris Mavinga, Moore, and Zabaleta. 
I think that is going to be the back three for Toronto, assuming that they stay in that three back with the five and two, um, which I wouldn't be surprised if they do, to be honest. Also, they really need, in my opinion, they really need a better right winger or a right fullback. Betashore is good, but he's not good enough to play 90 minutes in in a big game. In those big games, man, he disappeared. He disappeared for some of them. And, like, that final... Oh, God. That final. He couldn't last after the 80th... After, like, the 70th, 80th minute, he was done. He was done. And that's shocking to me. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have to be able to last that 90 minutes. That's important. That's crucial. And I... I don't know. I just think that we need to replace him or get him at least a substitute. Bring in a substitute. Get... Like, I think that we don't even need to go out and get anyone. Right now, I think that if they took uh, Endo, the player from Maryland last year, and they make him into a right fullback, I think that could be amazing. Him getting up and down the pitch, I think that that, that could be unreal because he's fast, he's technical, he knows what to do with the ball. I think that it would be really good if they got him and played him this year as a substitute, maybe 10, 20 minutes when Betashore was tired. I think that would be a good idea, and I think everybody would be happy. Clint Irwin signed a brand-new contract, which is good. Great shot stopper. Toronto FC really need him. I think Toronto FC can go top three again this year. I would love to see them go on top, but, you know, whatever. We were Eastern Conference champs, so can't really complain. And then we move to the West. And we're going to start with the Colorado Rapids. The Colorado Rapids has brought in no one right now. But, I mean, like, I can't give crap to Colorado because with the guys that they have, they were able to go all the way to the semifinals. Or, no, sorry, the finals of the um, the Western Conference. So, the semifinals of the MLS Trophy. If I switch from finals to semifinals, that's totally my bad. But, oh, well, sucks. Better be paying attention. So, Colorado, I think I think they had a breakout season. I, I don't think it's going to happen again. I think that they're going to end in fourth or fifth. I don't think it's going to be second. I think they shocked everybody with going in second. They shocked the hell out of me being in second. They played well, don't get me wrong, but they didn't play second well. Like, they didn't, like I, I wouldn't look at their team and be like, oh, yeah, for sure I could see them being top tier, and I can't. So I think it's going to be like fourth or fifth, really. FC Dallas. FC Dallas has three great des- well has two great designated players and added a third Christian Coleman who's a very young designated player only 22 years old plays for U23 Paraguay national team has 18 goals and 65 appearances with his old club and i mean the owner seems very happy to have him he um is very behind what that kid offers and I think that it could be very interesting. Here's what the coach said about Christian Coleman. An attacking player that will increase our production from wide positions was a top priority this offseason. And we're very pleased to sign him. It's like, alright. So, that's that's good. I'm, I'm happy for him. I think that's a very good idea. Um... I think FC Dallas will probably top the West again, to tell you the truth. I, you know what? No, that's a lie because of who I have on here. I just looked at, I've just looked at the West and I realized who was on there and who they have, and I was like, oh crap, never mind. So that's a lie. I think that they're going to finish top three though. I think FC Dallas does have the talent and the people to 
go top three. And I think that I want to see this Christian kid do work. I think that he could put in goals. I mean, that's what they're bringing him there to do. So I think that they really can. I, I really hope he does. I would love to see that talent from FC Dallas. Um, the Houston Dynamo, can't see him getting better. They've signed no one in the offseason. Right now, it just looks fucking woeful for them. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like for the fans. It's it's horrible. I, I would rather be in Chicago than Houston Dynamo. I think Houston Dynamo might be the worst team. I've One of the worst teams I've seen. Because they... Oh, God. Oh, whoever, whoever is the management is part of the management of that establishment needs to get their shit together really needs to get their shit together because i don't know i don't know what the fuck they're doing to tell you the complete truth it's actually a disaster but it's all right we'll leave and go to la oh the la galaxy all right the la has brought in roman alessandrini as a designated player who came from Marseille. He's a good left winger, very talented, very fast, and I think it is an unbelievable signing and part of what the MLS needs to become a bigger brand. I think that it was a great move from LA. Now with Alessandrini, they brought in Jermaine Jones. They have that Mexican forward. Oh, what's his name? Giovanni De Santos. I think that they can be... I think that they are ready to take over the West again, in my opinion. I think that they could finish first or second in the West this year. I think that they could do unbelievable, and I really hope that they do. So, I think it would be interesting to see them. I can't wait till they come to Toronto, because last year we beat them 1-0, so I'm excited. Minnesota. Minnesota United. FC. You know, I really hate both Atlanta and Minnesota's names. I really hope they change over the years. Atlanta United FC and Minnesota United FC. What is that? Why couldn't one be Atlanta United and the other one be Minnesota FC? Why Why did it have to be both? That sounds horrible. Oh, anyway. Oh, Minnesota United. I'm not sure what to make of them yet. They've made no big signings like Atlanta. They haven't gone out of their way to get anybody that's of crazy note. Um, they did manage to get the first pick in the draft, which was um, Abu Donladi from UCLA. If I botched that name, I'm sorry, but bite me. And five foot ten, 170 pound forward that played for UCLA. I think. Look, watching this guy with UCLA, I thought he was a very, very good player. Did I think number one in the draft? No, but then again, number two in the draft, Miles Robinson, who's the six foot two, one hundred and eighty five pound defender that went second overall to Atlanta, didn't expect him to go second either, because I watched just about every one of Syracuse's games, and Robinson did well, but never did I think he was going to be second overall. But then again, I didn't watch the combine. Unfortunately, I watched the games after the the draft, so I mean, I think that Don Lottie up top is a good idea. I think that he can, I think that he's big, he's strong, he can obviously put the ball in the back of the net, he's fast, so damn is he fast. So I think that it's going to be very interesting with what they do with him this season. I want to see if he could stay in that starting role 
or if they find someone else to replace him if he ends up not fitting in. But I hope for the best. So whatever. And the same thing with Miles. I hope Miles does well at six foot two, one hundred and eighty five pounds, and being one of the best physical talents at the draft. I think that he'll probably start for Atlanta, or if he doesn't start, he'll probably find himself halfway through the year and then starting. Like he'll maybe get some games, maybe some cup games, and then, and then definitely, oh, definitely at the end or halfway through the season, he will definitely probably play. Yeah. So, anyway, after Minnesota. Oh, God, the Portland Timbers. Oh, Jesus. The Portland Timbers are morons. Let me just say that. The Portland Timbers are the only guys where I've looked at what they were doing, and they were like, oh, God. Okay, so let me go back to Houston. Houston are shit. I know they're shit. Most people know they're shit. However, when you look at Houston's offseason... You could tell that they're still shit because they've done nothing. They have done absolutely nothing to help their situation. Portland has done things, but I think that management thinks that what they're doing is going to benefit the team when I think it will not. For example, they've brought in Sebastian Blanco, as a designated player, a 28-year-old winger. He's played over 200 matches, 31 goals, 41 assists. It's pretty good, okay? The coach came out and said about Blanco, he's a technical two-footed player that will bring quality service and final passing and he has produced goals playing either wing. His work rate on both sides of the ball was also very important. We project Blanco to play on the right side, but he is also effective on the left or at the number 10, which gives us tactical, can't read, tactical flexibility if need be. All that says to me is you're going to put him at his best position because you just want to win. And I understand that, right? He will not play wing. I'm telling you that right now. He won't play wing. He would if he was playing on a decent team, but he's not. (laughs) He's playing that number 10 role because there's no way you're going to find anybody better at that number 10 role. I'm calling it now. He will play that number 10 role. If he does not start there, he will eventually start there because he will just get fed up that he will get no service whatsoever. Portland, I don't even know why they brought in such a good talent up front. They had 48 goals for, which could get them into the top four. The top four were the only guys in the West that had over 48 goals last year. Their problem is they let in 50 fucking three. So signing a player to supposedly score goals isn't exactly a good idea when you're letting in an extreme amount compared to what you've scored. And people might say, oh, you know, the the difference isn't that big. It's only five goals. Well, that five goals kind of fucks you. Letting in 53 goals is a big deal. They've scored 48 goals for... I think LA Galaxy was in fourth place. They scored maybe 50 goals and let in about 33. 33 to 38, somewhere in there. 
Like how? Like you can't you can't compete if you're le- if you're letting in that many goals. The only way that you're doing that is if you score double as many goals as you had last season, which I really doubt that this Sebastian Blanco is going to bring to you. I'm sorry. So I don't think it's a good idea. I think the attacking priority by the Portland Timbers is stupid. But we're going to move on to Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake... Oh, I think I can actually bunch all these up. Real Salt Lake... San Jose and Sporting Kansas City, I'm just going to all bunch up. There, there are a bunch of teams that have done a whole bunch of meh, and that's where I see them finishing. It's just meh, like mid-table meh. One of them may or may not be in uh, a position to... Like, Sporting Kansas will probably be in a position to challenge for a playoff. Uh, no, they'll probably make the playoff. Real Salt Lake and San Jose will probably duke it out for playoff spots. San Jose finished in ninth, but I think that they're going to finish above ninth. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, Vancouver, I think, is going to be shit. They've done nothing to bolster their attack or defense. It's more of the same from them. I think they're really going downhill. I think a big problem is work permits, trying to get Canadian work permits. Apparently, they're having trouble with that with one of their players, one of their key players that they want to bring in, but... We'll see what happens there. Seattle, as of right now, even though they've got Clint Dempsey back, I don't know if they're doing the right things to try and defend their title well. And and that's where I'm going to leave that. Because I right now, I, there's not enough for Seattle. I can't judge Seattle right now because they're not doing enough to... Like, I would have to consider them in the loss category because I don't know... I don't know whether or not they're going to go after anybody or if they're just going to deal with the guys that they have. I mean, they have good talent in Alonzo and Morris and Torres, Clint Dempsey. Like the question is, is, is Clint Dempsey that factor that puts them from having to worry about defending their title to not worrying about defending about their title? So I, I don't know. I think it could be very interesting. Um, I think that this year it could be it could be crazy i i'm i'm excited to see what happens with seattle with dempsey and morris see how that plays if they play off each other if they stick morris out wide i personally think that they are going to stick morris out wide because that kid's pace is unbelievable and clint dempsey can't really move very much so i think that he's going to be a technical force up top and i think that he's going to absolutely bang goals and i can't wait for that personally i also can't wait to see toronto fc geo altador bradley um i'm i'm very very excited for that i think that i think that i want to say that they would obviously finish in the top three and i think that they will but i don't know ah jesus they really have to figure their defense out man Hagland. oh god i've thought about him like a million times since starting this podcast i can't stand the fuck i really can't oh but we'll see what happens i want to see how the rookies fit in um to toronto fc they picked up sergio camargo on a homegrown player contract sergio camargo was the number 10 for syracuse uh very good player very technical, very smart midfielder. Uh, knows how to play, knows how to play passes very well. 
does a very good job at the number 10 role, really sprays the ball around the field, knows when to switch play. He's very, very aware of what's going on in the pitch. We also picked up Brandon Aubrey as a defender, and then I hope to God that he doesn't turn out like another Haglund. I, I know, I know, I don't, I know. It sounds like I'm not fond of the guy, but I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to pick on him, but I just, I just don't think that he should be in the starting eleven for next year. But we're gonna have to see. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but oh well. And uh, I'm also excited to see Atlanta. I'm very excited to see Atlanta. I think it's a very promising roster. Uh, they've done well to get very, very good, very, very good talents from the draft. Very, very good talents from abroad and around the league. And I think it was a very good idea what they did to build the team. I want to see. I want to see how they do. I, I'm going to predict that they do shin the beginning and they go like 0 for 4. But then they start to pick it up and they eventually end like, I don't know, 8th, 7th. I'm going to say 7th. I'm going to say 7th, a hard 7. And I think that that's, I think that, that could be considered a success for first season. Just just being right out of the playoff spot, I think that that could be a very, very good first season in the MLS. So we'll see what happens. For now, that's all. I'll be doing these weekly, simply because I love them. So whether or not people like them or not, doesn't really matter to me. But my name is Mike, you've been listening to the MLS Junkie Podcast, and I'll talk to you later.